0: Everybody love the God that we serve? Yes. He's been kind to us. He's been wonderful to us. We just love him with all of our heart, all of our heart. Come on, let's sing this great praise unto you.
1: Sunday to tell the story of Christ, to encounter his Holy Spirit, and to be formed like Christ together in community. Um, In light of um, some of the recent events in our nation, let's just take a minute to bow our heads and pray. God, we come before you today. Um, We're here gathered in your name. Holy Spirit, we acknowledge that your presence is here. Thank you for that. We pray for an openness to what you are doing in our minds, our hearts, and around us. God, we lift up to you the tragedies and shootings that have happened in Monterey Park and Half Moon Bay, California over the past week. We mourn the violence that continues in Memphis and throughout our cities and our world. We pray for your grace, mercy, and peace to reign in this world. We rejoice in your Son, Jesus Christ, who has died for our sins, and we rejoice that you will come again to make all things new and just and right. Through the different trials that we go through, we know you are always faithful to us and your promises. We thank you for your faithfulness, your grace, and your mercy. God, please fill us with your presence as we worship. Amen. If you are able, please stand as we sing.
2: This is amazing I sing for all that, that you've done for me. Worthy is a lamb who'll yeah. Worthy is a fling who conquered the grave. Is the level was spoken to the darkness, created the light. He is Lord, who is like unto And hey. Of God for our salvation. You are the Lord. We ask not for riches, but look to the cross. You are the Lord, and for our and for our inheritance, give us the loss. You are the Lord, send your power, send your power.
3: Or a renewal in our life. Sometimes what helps is letting our heart cry out. Just letting our voices and our bodies sing to the Lord. Just proclaiming He is the Lord and He reigns on high. He spoke into the darkness, created the light. Yeah, that's what we're doing. We're just proclaiming who the Lord is. And then as we go, that. proclamation doesn't stop with us so people around us people around us who need so much from the Lord We receive that send your power, Lord, show your power that's our prayer He is the Lord and He reigns
2: on high He is the Lord Spoke into the darkness, created the light. He is. Sing that again. He is the Lord. He is the Lord, and He reigns on high. He is the Lord. Yes, yeah, proclaim that. Spoke into the darkness,
3: created the light. He is. The Lord. We're gonna do it one more time. He is the Lord. she is the Lord. Yeah. He reigns on high, he is the Lord on oh, God,
2: yeah. spoke into the darkness, created the light, He is the Lord, the same who spoke it was like unto the
3: one more time who is who is like unto him
2: never ending in days he is a Lord. let's proclaim this he comes and he comes in power and we call on his
3: in power as we call on you. We believe it matters that we sing these songs, it matters that we sing these from our heart, that you hear us calling. It matters for us, but it also matters for the world around us. It matters that we say show your power. Send your power Lord. All the people. Satisfy our longings Lord. Show your power. This is us singing this to you. This is us, your church, singing it to you. Singing it on behalf of ourselves and many around us. All nations, cities, peoples, communities. Lord, show your power. Show
2: your power. Yes, Lord, show your path. Come to the fountain, dip your heart in the streams of life. Let the pain and the sorrow be washed away in the waves of his mercy.
3: Let's sing that together, let's sing it to each other, all who are thirsty.
4: All who are thirsty, all who are weak, come to the fountain, dip your heart in the stream.
1: Sunday we do what's called passing the peace of Christ and it's meant to be a way to express the peace that we've received from God to one another Um, so when we pass the peace sometimes it's a high sometimes it's catching up um, but it can be even simpler than that. So today we're going to do it very simply. Um, you can say "Peace of Christ to you" to one or two people around you. Um, you don't have to shake hands or even share your name. Um, so let's just do that, and then in a very quick moment, I'll share some community um, updates. So, Peace of Christ to you.
3: Peace of Christ to you. Just get right to it.
1: Okay. So we said real quick, so that was real quick. Peace of Christ to you, everyone. Um, And I'd like to share a few community updates. I know. Some of you really want to catch up, so please stick around after service to do that. Um, But I'm going to share a few things that are going on in our community um, the first is just if this is your first or second time, um, we would love to get to know you more. So um, hopefully you met somebody out at the welcome table, but also we hope you can send us an email. We'd love to answer any questions you have and, again, just get to know you a bit better. Um, every Tuesday we do um, continue to have our weekly prayer meeting online. It's um, on Zoom at 8 o'clock every Tuesday. and. Um, For the Lenten season, we're going to be praying through the Alliance's 40 days of prayer along with what is called the Lord's Prayer. So, you know, as we head into Lent, um, this is something that our denomination has sort of developed. Um, So we hope you can join, and the link is on our website Tuesday at 8. Um, In case you weren't sure, for GCCC, there is a thing as being an official member of of the church, and we encourage um, all regular attenders to consider becoming a member. So if you're interested, there's going to be a membership interest class on February 11th. That's a Saturday morning from 9 to 1130, and you can register for that by kind of next week um, uh, through our website. Um, in case you haven't been here the past couple of weeks, the church is conducting a church-wide survey called the Peak Assessment, and it assesses our church's strengths and opportunities for growth. Um, so today is the last day actually to do it, so if you haven't taken 15, 20 minutes to complete it, please do so today. You should have received it through the newsletter, um, so check your emails, and again, it's called the Peak Survey, um, and that today, it closes at the end of today. Um, A reminder about a couple events related to holistic health and the church's um, focus on holistic health um, for us sort of this year. both coming up in February and March. We're doing a book club in February called, uh, the book is called Soul Care. Um, And so on our website, you can sign up to join the book club. It's every Saturday morning. Um, And if you can't make that, or even if you can make that, there's also a, a local weekend retreat, Soul Care retreat. And that's actually March 2nd, yeah, 2nd to 4th. Um, I think it's nearby in Maryland, Um, so you can also sign up for that. Again, you don't have to do the book club to do the Soul Care Weekend. You can do one or either or both. Um, And we also have a retreat for men um, coming up in mid-March. So sign-ups, registration is open for that. So men, please sign up for that. Um, If you have a partner or children, please make sure, you know, just, you know, say, I got to take this time for myself. My holistic health and we hope that you can join um, again all the information is on the website Um, also this is for everyone here but also those of you who are online today is actually our last day of live streaming um, which as most of you know usually gets posted to youtube so we are still going to record our services and post them to YouTube. So if you have anybody who, you know, wants to know more about our church but maybe either doesn't want to come out on Sunday or can't, you can still direct them to our YouTube page and they can watch any of the old uh, older recordings. Um, but after today, we're not going to live stream. So those of you at home who are watching right now, come next Sunday at 11 o'clock here at the Double Doubletree. Um, and so we want everyone to be here in person and we understand sometimes Um, Again, especially for newcomers or people who are just kind of interested, they might want to check it out online first and they can still do that um, through the YouTube page. Finally, just a reminder, especially if maybe um, kind of resetting the new year, small groups are still available and open, so if you aren't part of a small group, you know, we did sort of a big push to sign up for small groups in the fall, but if you're not part of a small group now, there are still small groups with space available. We'd love for everyone to get connected into a small group, so you can look on the website. There's different groups meeting um, different days of the week and in different locations, so please check that out. Lastly, um, before Pastor Jonathan comes up, I'll just pray for this week's offering, which we collect online. So please pray with me. God, we are um, so thankful for your goodness and faithfulness to us and to this church, Great Commission Community Church. Um, God, we thank you for the abundant blessings in our lives, for all that we have, for our relationships, and for our community um, of brothers and sisters here. God, we lift up today's offering. Um, May you use it to Um, yeah, just multiply its impact to spread your love, your grace, your glory, both here in the DMV and around the world. Um, God, we pray that you would help us to give with great joy and that you would just bless this offering to magnify your kingdom. In your name we pray, amen.
5: Good morning. Oh, was a good good morning, all right. Um, so this past week uh, at Fairfax County, they had uh, a couple days off for student teacher work days. So we, my family and I decided we'd take a mini vacation. Uh, we wanted to take our kids uh, like snow tubing, uh, which we've only ever experienced sledding like on the little hill beside us. So we we're excited to do this. Um, but the interesting thing is to be able to go to snow tubing, there's a whole process to be able to experience it and enjoy it, right? First of all, we had to actually like buy tickets For a slot to go get that. Then we showed up at this like resort area somewhere a couple like an hour or so away from here. And we we get there and then we're looking around and they didn't really have good signage anywhere. So we like, oh, there's the tubing. So we walked to the tubing area and they were like, Oh, where's your tickets? And we're like, Well, we have the receipt. They're like, Oh no, you gotta go like to this building over there. So then we had to like walk around, find the like ticket booth and say, Okay, here's our names. And they gave us the tickets, and then we have to walk over, then you have to You know, like most of these kind of ski resort-type places, you have to zip-tie the pass that you have to your coat to be able to wear it, and then they can look at your ticket and go, okay, fine, now you can get on the the tube and you can go and enjoy it. And so we were able to do all that, and we had a good time going down this uh, snow tube hill, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, But it was quite a process to be able to enjoy it and be able to experience it. And so today what we're going to be looking at... One of the things that is required, really, to fully experience uh, the kingdom of God and to follow Jesus. And so we're continuing in our Mark series. We're actually in Mark chapter 10, and we're going to pick it up at verse 13. Um, so again, one of the things with this Mark is that a series that we've been on is kind of looking at what does it mean to follow Christ, uh, kind of putting our eyes on the things of God, not the things of man. And so we're going to pick it up here just as some background culturally as we we pick it up in verse 13 is in this time period, uh, children were not necessarily valued that much. Uh, They they were looked down upon. They weren't really somebody that that seemed to have a lot of worth in society at this time period. Obviously, you need children to keep going and all of that, but they just really weren't that valued. And so just keep that in mind. I mean, I think it's opposite of our culture now. I remember. The other day I was at a meeting and we were asking, you know, people, hey, what's your hobbies? And then it's always funny when you ask parents what their hobbies are because they kind of just look at you like, like a deer in the headlights. And they're like, what's a hobby? Um, and then even one of the people said, oh, well, my hobbies are really just taking my kids to their hobbies. Um, and I think that's a true thing of our culture now is that kids are so valued That often as parents, even we sort of give up our whole lives so they can do what they want to do. And we're like, well, I guess I'll do something I want to do in 50 years. And that'll be that. But in this time period, that was not the case. Um, Children were not necessarily super valued. And so just keep that in mind as we kind of run through this is that children were kind of lower class people um, if they even had any real rights um, at all. So this is what it says in Mark 10, chapter or verse 13. Uh, and, And says, and they, like people, were bringing children to Jesus, to him, that he might touch them. And the disciples, Jesus' followers, rebuked these people. But when Jesus saw it, he was indignant and said to them, let the children come to me. Do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. And he took them as the children in his arms and blessed them, laying his hands on them. I want to continue here. And it says, and as he was setting out on his journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. Jesus looked at them and said, with man it is impossible, but not with God, for all things are possible with God. Peter began to say to him, see, we have left everything and followed you. Jesus said, truly, I say to you, there is no one who lacks, or who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or lands for my sake and for the gospel who will not receive a hundredfold now in this time. Um, <clears throat> houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions And in the age to come, eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last first. All right, so the reason I read both these stories here, we're looking at is, it's also important to remember, as you read the scriptures, um, these were authors that wrote with intent. And they put things together with purpose. Um, And so it's not just always like a random collection of stories. And when we read them like a random collection of stories, we often miss things that authors are trying to let us understand and see. So this first story that we have here is people are bringing their children to Jesus to to lay hands on them, to to bless their children. Um, We don't know if they're sick here or not. It just says they're coming and saying, hey, here, bless my child. I want you to bless my child. And the disciples see this and they're indignant. Why? Because they think this is a waste of time. Jesus says so many other things he could be doing, so many other people he could be seeing, and here are these people bringing children to Jesus, and children are basically worthless, so why would you be doing this? Stop. And they try to keep the children away, and Jesus sees this, and he is indignant with his disciples who are indignant with these people. And he's saying, do not stop them, because the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. And then he actually says, hey, actually, not only that, but unless you receive the kingdom of God like a child, you will not receive it. You will not enter it. You will not experience it. You will not get it unless you receive it like a child. Now, often when I've read this, I, when I hear child, what comes to my mind, especially in the context of this, is like, you know, maybe a 12-year-old Who's like a gifted child, you know, like really cool child, has a lot to offer, is like awesome at the violin, awesome at language, awesome at something. And so I hear, oh yeah, unless you can receive it like a child, this you know, this picture of like prodigy child comes to mind. It's like, oh yeah, okay, if you receive it like a child, right? But the reality is in the Greek, when Jesus is speaking here and he uses the word child, it's really closer to like small child slash infant. So really you should be thinking of like, unless you receive it almost like an infant. You will not get this. Now, this is important because obviously, an infant really can't do much. Um, it, I, I have five kids, uh, so I've lived through the infant phase five times. It's interesting. Um, you know, we all. You know, once you've had a kid and you're passing infant phase, all of us parents were always like, "Oh, it's a baby! I love a baby! Give me the baby! I want to hold the baby!" We always forget what actually like being the parent of the like you know, zero to two-month infant is like. Um, So for those of you who don't have kids, I'll just give you a little crash course here. Basically, this is what happens. You have an infant. They are adorable to look at. But after that, all they do is poop on you, pee on you, cry on you, spit up on you, do that over and over and over again. And did I forget to mention they keep you from sleeping basically all the time, Uh, And then you get them to sleep, and then they wake up, and they do that again, where they poop on you, pee on you, spit up on you. And really, they can't talk to you. Really, the only way they communicate is crying. Um, And so you get a lot of crying. And so for an infant, really, all they have to offer you is the fact that they exist. That's it. And actually, most of what they do, you're, like, wanting to pull out your hair because you're, like, will this ever stop? I'm going insane right now. That's what having an infant is actually like in the first couple of weeks, okay? So we all kind of block. I think God actually like helps us forget that so that the human race continues because I think if we really remembered that, we would probably all be like, I'm never having another child. That's why you probably shouldn't ask a new parent right after the first kid comes out, like, oh, do you want to have another one? Don't ask them that question then because they can't really even think, okay? So when Jesus here says, Truly, I say to you that unless you receive the kingdom like an infant, this is sort of the picture we should have in our mind, is, yes, this adorable little creature, but adorable little creature that has nothing to offer except is completely and totally dependent on somebody else to take care of all their needs. See I think the first thing of when Jesus says here, like what it means to receive the kingdom or to follow God like a child? is that we are completely and totally dependent on Christ. See, to truly be like a child, to be like an infant, is to be somebody who recognizes, I have nothing to offer. I am completely and totally dependent on my father for all that I need. Because an infant, that's where they're at. If a, if a parent doesn't change their diaper, doesn't feed them, doesn't do whatever it is, they have no physical way of taking care of themselves. They have no capacity to do anything on their own. And I think what Jesus is trying to highlight here for his disciples is saying, guys, if you truly want to experience and enter into my kingdom, you must come totally dependent on me. Where you are not trying to earn this or work for this or say, here's what I have to offer. Instead, you just come going, I'm your child and I need you. And I'm dependent on you for all that I am. You are my source. And to come like a child is to recognize that we are completely dependent on Jesus. Now, there's a level of this that says I'm completely dependent for 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 salvation, that Jesus is the only way, the truth and the life that no one comes to the Father except through him. And that's part of the context of this. He's saying, hey, look, if you really want to be saved, you must realize that you are dependent on me for this salvation. It is not by works. that is only by faith in Christ and that this is part of that. But I think it's more than that, because the kingdom, even Jesus says himself, is not just about an eternal life someday. That he's come to bring the kingdom here and now, and he offers it to everyone And so even to experience kingdom living now and the fullness that Christ has for us now requires us to come to Jesus in a way that says. I am completely and totally dependent on you. Now, the second story here that we see Shows a very different picture, right? It shows this guy who's rich, who's wealthy, who has lots of stuff. Now, if you are rich and wealthy, that also means you probably have skills and talents or things that you said, okay, I've been able to acquire wealth and keep wealth. And not only that, this guy comes and says, I have followed God and the the laws of God all my life. What he's saying is, I'm a good person. I'm righteous. I've done what I'm supposed to do. I have done all of these things. So... It's a counterpoint, right? We're seeing a pictures of counterpoint. The author here in Mark is saying, look, Jesus says, come like an infant. And this man says, here I am. Here's all the good I've done. Here I am. Here's all the ways I followed the religious teaching. Here's all the ways that I've practiced what I was supposed to do. What do I need to be saved? He is coming not as a dependent person, but he's coming as somebody who has worked for and earned for his salvation. And we see here and clearly, I think the author is trying to make it very clear to all those who would read it: this juxtaposition of wait, here's an infant who is receiving this, and here's this rich guy who has done everything right according to his own words. He's done everything right, followed all the religious teaching, and yet Jesus looks at him and says, it's important to notice here, too, okay, because sometimes we give people who, like, get turned away uh, a bad rap. But Jesus looks at this man, and he's he loves him. He sees him, and he loves him, and he cares for him, and he says, okay, just one more thing. Give all your possessions. Give them all to the poor, and come follow me. Now, I think there's two reasons that Jesus says this. I mean, there's probably more, but I'm going pick, to pick on two, Okay. So one is, obviously, wealth and money and material possessions, we can become attached to them, and whether we want them to or not, those can become things that become more important than God. Okay, And we actually kind of see this here, because the man says he leaves sorrowful because he had great wealth, he had great possessions, he wasn't willing to do this, he wasn't willing to give up everything that he had in order to follow God, and so... There's a part here where all of that wealth has become an attachment to him that he is unwilling to let go of. Okay. But I also with this picture right before us of receiving the kingdom like an infant, I think part of what Jesus is doing is actually offering this man an invitation. He's saying you have so much, you have all this wealth, you have everything that you need. You are completely independent. You don't need other people because you have wealth, you have prestige, you have status, you have all these things. You have all of this. And so Jesus is offering him a chance to say, get rid of all of that. Get rid of what makes you completely independent of me and then become dependent. Because that's really the invitation here, right? If you give it all away, now you don't have anything to stand on. He would not have anywhere to go. He would have no possessions, no home, no Money, no food, no anything, and he would be placing himself in a place of complete dependence on Jesus, who would become his master, his rabbi, his teacher to follow. And so when Jesus says, Go do this, I think there's that part of this where he's saying, Okay, will you actually get rid of all this stuff that could become more important than me? And I think another part is just this where he's trying to give him an in, saying, To receive the kingdom, to truly receive it, you've got to come. Dependent. So sell it all. Give away what gives you your independence. And follow me. Because then you'll follow me from a place of dependence. And you'll begin to experience the fullness of the kingdom that I have for you as you come in that dependent state. But this guy is not willing to do it. Now, it could be that he just likes his money. But I also think that part of it is, and this is the second thing I think that part of what being a child or following or receiving the kingdom like a child is like, is that with wealth, with power, with all these things comes status. This man would have had status. He would have had identity. He would have had an understanding in his community of here I am. And because, at least from his own words, this is a righteous man who's doing the right things, he would have been well recognized as a righteous man, a good man, somebody That you could emulate and say, wow, this is a good guy and he's got wealth and clearly God's blessing him. And they would have had all of that, right? So he would have had status. He would have had things. And so when Jesus is actually telling him to give all of this away, it's not just giving away money. He's giving away status. He's giving away his place in the world that he has known to that point. And so part of what Jesus is saying is, come to me, dependent. And come to me devoid of status. Come to me with nothing. Come to me where you have actually let go of all the status, all the things you've earned, all the things you've worked for. Let it all go. And then come to me just as existing. Just as a child. Come to me not as somebody who has stuff, but as somebody who doesn't, who only has themselves to offer and just says, here I am. I want to follow you. And Jesus is saying, that's how I want you to follow. I want you to come devoid of status, devoid or coming not independent, but dependent on me. And when you come in that way, then you're able to enter into, receive the kingdom in a way you are not able to otherwise. See, part of it is this. When we come and we have our status and we have all these Things And we are independent and we have that and we come to Jesus and we have that with us. There's always this tension in us that comes thinking, yeah, but like you like you love me, God, and you're going to use me, God, because I can do all these things. Like I'm, I'm going to get in because of all the good I've done or all the skills I have or all the talents I have or you want me, Jesus, because of what I can do for you. But actually, Jesus is making very clear here that he's saying, no, it has nothing to do with you. In the sense that it has nothing to do with what you have to offer. It has everything to do with the fact that he looks at us and says, you are my son or you are my daughter, whom I love. As an infant. As one who doesn't really have much to offer me except for themselves, as one who I have to take care of, as one I have to look after, as one I have to love on, as one I have to provide for, as one I have to take care of all of their needs. That's how the God, how our Father sees us in heaven. He sees us as that infant child that he loves and cares for, but he is so grateful, he is so happy, he is so joyous to be in that position where he can provide for us, where he can take care of us, where he can welcome us into the kingdom as those who are dependent on him, he loves that. And it is just about the fact that he looks at you and says, I love you. I want you in my family. Doesn't matter what you've done. Doesn't matter where you've been. Doesn't matter what status you've had. None of that really matters. All that matters is that I love you and I want you with me. But the problem for us when we don't come in, dependent. And when we come in with our status, we have a hard time hearing that. We have a hard time receiving the love of God in the pit of our being when we think, no no no, I'm I'm here even just partially because of what I've done. Because of what I have. Because of what I have to offer. When we come to God in that way. Then there's always this part of us that thinks, and if I stopped, he wouldn't love. me. If I stopped. I wouldn't be enough. But the reality that the picture that Jesus is showing us here is. Actually, I want you to come to me and receive from me as a child, would, as an infant would without any status, completely dependent on me so that you could receive the fullness of my love, that you could receive the fullness of what I have for you because you would understand that it isn't about what you do. It's about who I am. It's not about who we are. It's about who he is and that he has given himself up for us and that he loves us and that he welcomes us into his family simply because he desires to do so. And so the invitation says, come as a dependent. Come without status. Come as a human being that exists with nothing else. And oh, I will love you and I will care for you, and I will provide for you. And the beautiful thing about this as well is this doesn't mean that you have to come to God with your act all cleaned up and all right and righteous. No, he just says, come to me as a child. Come to me. I think this is actually really hard, especially for those of us in the room. Jesus actually says this, right? He says, it is really hard for a rich person To come into the kingdom. And I think it's because it's so hard for us. Who have things. Who have a lot to offer. Who are talented. Who have status. Who have wealth. Who have independence. It is hard for us to relinquish that independence. And in America we are a country that is more into independence than any other country in this world. And if we're in this area. Whether you feel it or not. Chances are most of us in this room. would count among the more wealthy of this world. We have a lot. And knowing a lot of us in this room, we're very smart, talented, gifted people, which means we have a lot. And so if we're going to identify honestly with either of these stories, if we're really honest, more of us are like the rich man than we are like an infant child. Because we have much. We have a lot. We have so much to stand on, on our own two feet. And so it is harder for us To come to Jesus in a place devoid of status and dependency. To just come before him and say, here I am. Here I am. I need you. See, I think a lot of us, we come to God and we know we need him in some level. And we're like, God, I I need you. But, you know, if you'll do this for me, God, here's what I'll do for you. If you take care of me, God, then this is how I'll serve you. Or, you know, God, look at all the good things I've been doing, how I've been praying and reading my Bible and all this. So, God, please do these things for me. And I think what Jesus is trying to get at here, he's saying. Guys, and that might be good. But it's not the way to experience the fullness of my kingdom. If you really want to enter in and experience the depth of God's love, mercy and grace that exists within the kingdom of God, we come. Dependent on him. And we come empty of status, devoid of status, acknowledging that nothing I have will ever earn. Any amount of love from God. That nothing I can do will ever get me one bit farther or closer to God than I can just coming and saying, here I am, God. And he says, I am here. I love you. Come follow me. but are we willing to come as infants? To come like little children and just say, here we are. See, that's really the question. This isn't really a complex message. It's not really something that's super hard to understand. But really where kind of the rubber meets the road for us is, will we actually come with nothing? And just say, here I am, God. Please fill me. Please love me where I'm at. And receive all that is within the kingdom of God. Knowing that it is not about who you are, but who he is. And you are so precious in his sight. See, when we, when we that's, that's just a, a, a tidbit here is When we're saying it's not about who we are, it doesn't mean you're worthless. It actually means you are more worthwhile in your father's sight because it's not about what you do. And he offers this invitation. Come to me as a child. Let everything else go. Come to me as a child. So this is what we're going we're gonna to do just as a, as a response here, just for a moment. Um, for some of us in this room, maybe you've never come to Christ. Maybe you've never even said, I want to follow you. Maybe you've had it in your mind. I think maybe I want to do this. But you've been unsure about what you have to offer that would get you in. I just want to encourage you that today, God says, all you need is you. All you need is to come to me and say, I need you, Jesus he will receive you. So no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, no matter what your life has been, he wants you in his family. He wants you in his kingdom, and you can come to him and experience what he has for you. For others of us today, we maybe have known God a long time, but for some of us, we've been following God like this rich man. It's been all about our effort. It's been all about our status. It's been all about what we have to offer our king. And I want to invite you today to lay it all down. To just say, God, it's not about what I have to offer. My walk with you, my relationship with you is all about the fact that you love me. You see me. You know every wrong deed I've ever done, and you still died for me. You know, every good deed I've done, and you should still die for me. And for those of us who've known him a long time, I just want to invite you to refresh sort of that receiving of the gift of God, the gift of eternal life, the gift of the kingdom, the gift of adoption into sons or daughters of God, being raised as co heirs with Christ, all the wonderful blessings that come from Jesus. If there is any way that you have come with your own independence to God, Today's a day to just say, I release it, and I will come as a child and to experience the fullness of his kingdom. So I'm just going to open us in prayer, and I'm just going to give us just a moment to to meditate on that, Um, even as the worship team can come back up. um, So let me just open us up, and then I just want to invite you to do that. And so, Jesus, we just come before you. God, I just thank you so much that your invitation to us, even your command, is to come as a child, to come as an infant, to come as one who has nothing to offer except themselves. And I thank you for that, Jesus. God, even as we're here right now, if there are people in this room who have never said yes to you, who have never come to follow you, who have never entered into the kingdom of God and enjoyed the experience of the family of God, and if what's been holding them back has been their guilt or their shame or the thought that they don't have it, they're not good enough, God, would they receive your kingdom this morning? Would they receive your blessing? God, for those of us this morning who've been following you a long time, maybe for, especially for those who feel weary, who feel like, I just don't know what this Christian life is supposed to be anymore. I don't even know if it's worth it. And we've been trying to do it on our own. God, will we be free this morning to just lay it down, to lay down our striving, to lay down our independence, to lay down our status, whatever status we've acquired, and just lay it before you. And we come as your children this morning. Would we reclaim that place of dependence on you? So I just want to give you just a minute where you're at, how you need to pray that back to the Lord. Maybe for some of you it would be helpful just to put your hands in a posture of receiving and just receive what the Lord has for you this morning. So just a moment here, just about a minute of silence. Jesus, this morning we say yes to you. We say yes to you, Jesus. We say we need you, Jesus. We say we are dependent on you, Holy Spirit. Oh, how we need you. We lay it all down before you we want to follow you, we want to know you, and so we come. As we continue in prayer and worship and communion, we receive what you have for us this morning.
1: Let's continue to pray. God, we just thank you so much for how you reveal truth in our lives. As your spirit speaks to us, especially through scripture, um, we see what is on your heart, and we see our own ways more clearly. We hear your confirmation that our world is broken, that we are prideful, um, that we're putting ourselves before you. In this world, God, we cry out to you. We confess that. Just as all people in all times and places, um, including your disciples, um, as they did, we stray from your ways. As a people, as a world, we have different lifestyles that all have broken things in common, broken promises, broken pride, idolatry, unfaithfulness, racism, violence, callous hearts, prideful hearts. Lord, forgive us. Forgive our world. We need your unfailing love and your healing. God, you are like an unmoving rock for us, like a strong foundation for a building. You love justice and equity. God, please pour out your redemption and hope. You are good, Lord, and we thank you for who you are. Lord, we think about Monterey Park, about Half Moon Bay, Memphis. The violence doesn't seem to end. Lord, we pray for those who are mourning their lost loved ones. We pray for comfort and peace for them. We pray for those who are recovering from injuries, not just the short term, but also for dealing with emotional things, post-traumatic stress, long term. God, we pray specifically for the Asian American community and for the black community, for your spirit to be moving, to bring strength resolve and hope and the ability not to live in fear God we pray for men and specifically minority men including elderly men who may struggle with much more than others know God we pray for more open lines of communication we pray for love and grace and humility we pray for communities to reach these people who may be struggling for years internally God, we pray for our government. We pray for ourselves as your church, as advocates and healers. We pray for wisdom regarding gun safety and regarding access um, to mental and physical and spiritual health. We pray for other factors that contribute to this violence. We pray for reconciliation and for peace. God, we keep praying that you make us and keep forming us into reconcilers and peacemakers and healers. Let us be advocates and living signs of the love that Jesus embodied for all peoples of different backgrounds, no matter where they are from or how they look. Church, please take a moment to pray for these things and even people that God is putting on your mind who need to experience God's healing and grace. Proverbs 3 says... Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. God, when we do not understand why some injustices occur, we trust in you and we lean not on our own understanding. God, we acknowledge our crooked and warped desires to amass wealth and status in this world. Forgive us for building up treasures in this world rather than treasures in heaven. We turn to you, we lean on you, God. As we pray, we're turning to look for the interests of others rather than our own interests as you have commanded us to do and we pray we are turning with faithfulness to our church to our friends to our family and marriages church please take a moment to pray for others who need to hear this message with us of being faithful to god and trusting in him breaking our hearts with what breaks yours. Lord, we continue to pray for those who are sick, those who are suffering from physical illness like COVID, long COVID, chronic injuries, terminal illness. We pray for people suffering from depression, anxiety, and loneliness. We pray for their caregivers and for mourners. We pray for restoration and hope and for the holistic healing that you can do We look forward to the day of your return when there will be no more hatred or bloodshed, when death shall be no more, neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. We look forward to a new heaven and a new earth where all will be healed in Jesus' name. We are so thankful that you are faithful to your promises, God. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Before we take communion, church, let's speak the summary of Jesus' story together, the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
5: As we take communion, just a couple of instructions. First, um, there's a table in the front. There's a table in the back. Uh, There's a little cup on the top part is where there's a little wafer. And then the second part is where the actual juice is. Um, We remember Christ and his sacrifice. We remember his invitation as to become his children through the death and resurrection of Christ. And that's part of why we take communion together. So on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body, broken for you. And he took the cup and he said, this is my blood of the new covenant, shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. Every time you do this, you do this in remembrance of me and proclaim my death until I come. We look forward to the second coming of Christ. So I'm just going to pray and open our time together. Jesus, we thank you for your death. We thank you for your resurrection. We thank you for your invitation to become your children. We thank you for your invitation to your kingdom. And we come this morning and remember who you are. So we just invite you as you feel led to come in the front and in the back.
3: stand,
2: we give it all to you. i the- Are more than anything success can give me you are more than anything their love can give me you are more than anything this world can give me my desire is for the things that you have for me you are more success can give me you are more than anything their love can give me you are more than anything this world can give me my desire is for the things that you have for me oh I delight in you God trust that you'll make something beautiful out of me I delight So I delight in you, God in that you'll make something beautiful
0: out of me
5: As we go about our week, we bless you to receive the love of God as children, to love and delight in the Lord, and to receive all the love, mercy, grace, compassion, blessing that our loving Father desires to lavish on you. May you receive that in the fullest measure that He has for you this week. May nothing get in the way of his love for you this week may you receive it all may you walk in it and live in it and may you share that love with all you come across as a child of God and it is his precious and holy name in the name of Jesus that we pray amen amen have a great week as the children of God